Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast, that show that we do that makes people increasingly angry. I'm Joe, <laughs> and with me today is Nick. What up? Oh, nothing much. You know, chilling. Uh, I am the most sunburnt I have ever been in my life. Really? Even through and all your deployments? Yes. Um, wow. The, U- the UV level in Hawaii is incredibly high. It turns out, uh, um, which, which apparently means you get sunburnt faster. Mm, science. Like, you know how you get sunburned and the next day you're like, wow, I can't. I didn't even realize I, I was getting that sunburnt. Wouldn't know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for pasty white people such as myself, what happens is you go out to the lake or the ocean or whatever and you wake up the next day like, wow, I'm very burnt. I didn't expect to be this burnt. Um, in Hawaii... You can feel yourself burning as it's happening. It's incredible. You just feel the sizzle? Yeah, like I was sitting, I was at the beach this morning uh, nursing my hangover as one does on the island. And I like, I actually brought uh, sunscreen this time and um, it, it lasted for like an hour. And then I could feel my skin just literally on, like I got fucking tear gassed. What's up, Seattle PD? (laughs) Um, so I, I talk about sunburn. Yeah, what up, Portland? Um, <laughs> I talk about Hawaii and my sunburn day because we're talking about Hawaii today. That's right. Uh, we're talking about Hawaii, a good old chunk of Hawaiian history, and that is the Nihau incident, mm. uh, as it is now uh, commonly known. Um, Nick, you may have heard of a little thing called the attack on Pearl Harbor. I don't think that's controversial uh, uh, for me to say. Yeah, kind of. Minuscule in history. Uh, yeah, it's it's a blip. Uh, happened about twenty minutes away from where I'm sitting right now. Um, also, um, fun fact: uh, apparently, in Schofield Barracks, which is a, a, a U.S. Army base here on Oahu, um, uh, it was strafed pretty heavily by Japanese fighter aircraft. And so, whatever building they hit is apparently considered a, um, a like a historical site. Oh wow. So that means that like people cut like the the base is a, is a mired shithole uh, because they're all in buildings from World War Two. <laughs> That's awesome. I I have not heard a single good thing about Schofield Barracks um, other than the fact that Hawaii is cool and it happens to be there. Yeah. <laughs> the barracks suck, but you know Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, and you could like literally I I don't know, but like it's really close to the ocean, not as close as I am because like suck it army, but like you know it's close. All, but, you know, so a small side story to that historic event known as the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, which kind of sort of led to a Japanese pilot s- starting a second civil war on a very small Hawaiian island known as Nihau. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of this before? It's kind I of not have. talked about. It's kind of like it, not it, in detail, but I've definitely heard of it. So it's known as like one of those fun facts like, oh, yeah, Japanese guy crashed there and then attempted to like seize the island, which isn't exactly what happened. It also ignores a lot of the shit uh, that happened during it and why it happened. Um, For instance, at the time, there was a very large Japanese population. There still is a very large Japanese uh, population on Hawaii. But uh, back then, they if you were. Uh, a Japanese immigrant, you could not have citizenship. Um, so that meant like a large number of people who came over to work on plantations, uh, like the sugar plantations and stuff. Uh, most of them uh, management, uh, some labor, but yeah, um, couldn't have citizenship. So they ended up staying pretty much in their own communities without assimilating. Um, not saying assimilation is great. Uh, but it does mean that they were pretty estranged to the feeling of being American. So right. they didn't really have a ton of loyalty to the country uh, because the immigration policy purposely alienated them from their own nation. Like some of these people lived lived here for 40 fucking years at that point, but they still weren't citizens. Uh, oh, so those shit. are some of the people we're going to be talking about today. To include, uh, so another def- uh, uh, definition note, I'm going to be using the term Hawaiian a lot. Um, in Hawaii... Um, you are only Hawaiian if you are native Hawaiian. Um, we don't really use the term native Hawaiian. It's just Hawaiian. Right. Um, if, if you are, if you live in the state or you're from the state, you're a local, uh, if you're not Hawaiian. Uh, so like, you know, I'm, you're a Californian. I'm like a Michigander. You, uh, I guess is the term. What the fuck do you call yourselves? Uh, Michigander works. Really? I I guess I'd be more specifically a Detroiter. (laughs) Yeah. It's not good. Uh, but like, no matter how long I live here, the most I will ever be is a local. So we're gonna, when I say Hawaiian, I mean like actual Hawaiian people. Um, small note there. Like if if Not I the if, guy who has a summer house there and only goes a few times a year. Ah, uh, the seasonal mainlander. Yeah, yeah. That that's also known as my neighbor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we get to that point, we do have to talk a little bit about the background of this incident. Everyone seems to kind of want to forget about. Or just straight up has never heard of because it involves a lot of racism, uh, and then it leads into one of the biggest crimes America's ever done. Uh, so like, people don't like to dwell on it too much. Yeah, um, I figured they wouldn't. Yeah, it leads to camps, which is a yeah. great. Uh, Nihau Island is the second smallest and most western island of Hawaii's uh, 137 islands. Holy it's about 70 fuck. miles. Yeah, uh, a lot of them are very small. Um, and some of them are like uninhabited, uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's about seventy mi- square miles. It's a pretty small island, um, and it only has a population of around one hundred people, um, and those aren't full time. Uh, like the, the population generally sits at around fifty, and that's including like today. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And uh, Nihau is privately owned. It, it is owned by a single family, known as the Robinsons. Uh, and it still is currently. I know this because the I attempted Robinsons. to get in contact. Yeah. No, that's not a Hawaiian name. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, so it sounds kind of weird. It, it harkens back to the time uh, before the annexation of the Kingdom of Hawaii by the United States, uh, which is a subject uh, to a future episode or series at some point. Uh, but Hawaii was flooded with ri- ri- uh, very rich white guys um, who b- would buy large tracts of land from the Kingdom of Hawaii. 
Uh, a lot of this goes back to what's called uh, the Great Maha Eli, uh, which is when uh, King Kamehameha, I believe it was the fourth or the fifth, I, I, I don't know, um, did a whole bunch of land redistribution, uh, which if you've listened to this show a lot, land redistribution almost never pans out great for people uh, oh. because it's almost, it, it's never done the way it should be done. And this is, in this case, it was supposed to be dis- uh, given out to like Hawaiian commoners and it was like supposed to give them a slice of the ocean so they could fish, a slice of the inland so they could farm. Um, you know, it was hypothetically it was great, but really what happened was the king hoarded vast tracts of land, like <laughs> millions upon millions of acres, uh, which he then sold to white people um, to manage sugar plantations and uh, pineapple plantations. Oh yes, um, which directly led to the annexation and the uh, and the deposing of the kingdom of Hawaii. So Good move, whoopsie doodle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now. These plantations were terrible. Uh, they normally employed Hawaiians uh, and also a lot of Filipinos and uh, Chinese and Japanese, uh, but mostly for the Hawaiians, the conditions were absolutely horrible uh, for very little pay. Uh, I, I think the easiest way to think of it here is like sharecropping in the South or maybe even like slavery with extra steps. Uh, mm. And as when 1863, Aubrey Robinson of New Zealand traveled to Hawaii and purchased the entire island of Niihau for about $10,000 from King Kamehameha V. Oh. Uh, now, this is normally where I make some kind of crazy conversion. Like, that's actually $100 bajillion in 2020 money, but it's not. It's actually $165,000. It's a good deal for an island. <laughs> for 70 miles of island. Uh, just for, just for uh, a comparison, you cannot buy a house of any size in the entire state for that amount of money currently. Yeah, that's a good uh, deal. I l- I fucking looked. I couldn't find shit. <laughs> That's why you're living in a shack. That is why I'm living in a shack. Um, now, the Robinson family, since uh, the time they purchased the island, uh, since like since the day they bought it, unless you were expressly invited to the island, everybody is banned from it, with the exception of their workers, uh, namely being like herders and plantation workers. Um, and I know this... Because there's a small side story here. There's a memorial about this entire incident there. So I wanted to visit it. Uh, you know, I, I live in the state. Um, there, there's no longer any intra-island quarantine, though that might be, you know, reimposed soon because Oahu keeps blowing up with the coronavirus. But, like, I wanted to go visit it. So you send an email, um, which there is a site for it. And, uh, you know, you ask uh, if you can come, come on the island. And they... You have to give them a pretty good reason. I lied and said I was a journalist, which I'm very clearly not. And I was writing about the Nihau incident. Um, they emailed me back within three hours and forbid me to go on the island. Forbid uh, you. So this is cancel culture run amok. Uh, I'm banned from an entire island of the state of Hawaii, which, of are which I am not a resident. I should have not. You are, but I mean, I yeah, assume they're going to ask for like, ID. <laughs> Well, I assume they were going to ask like for like proof of who I am at some point. I mean, they're like white plantation owners. I figure they have the suppression shit down to a science. But you know, I am I am not allowed on Nihau Island. I will get there somehow, though. I'm going to, I'm going to boat my way over there. Um, uh, but there was a clause uh, involved in the Robinson purchase of the uh, of the of the island, and that is ownership passes down around familial lines, which you might recommend as like a fief. Uh, <laughs> like not a private business. He, huh. it is literally a, a fiefdom. Uh, but yeah, 
But the Robinson family itself does not live on the island. Um, I believe they live in a nearby island called Kauai, but I'm not entirely sure anymore. Um, but yeah. Bastards. The island is... Yeah, the island is so remote uh, and is still pretty remote to this day uh, that inhabitants had no idea of the attack on Pearl Harbor when it began the morning of December 7th, 1941. Um, in in uh, at, at 6 a.m., the first wave of a 183 Japanese planes took off from their carriers about 230 miles from where I'm sitting right now. Um, uh, that being Oahu, in case people weren't tracking that, that's where Pearl Harbor is. Uh, and the attack began around 7.55 in the morning with bombs landing not too far away from where I'm sitting in Eva Beach. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is just not too far from where you're sitting. Like, uh, there was buildings in Eva that were blown up. Uh, I believe they strafed the school as well. Um, because, you know, that's clearly a military target. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and to be fair, there is military bases all fucking over Oahu. Uh, and most of them have been here a very long time. Uh, so, like... There's a good chance if they attacked a town or a city, like there was a base there, and it's just like they're strafing from you know Japanese zero, so like you know they're gonna hit everything, right? <laughs> but this story isn't about the first wave; it's about the second wave, kind of. Uh, that's where 22 year old Airman Second Class Shigenori Nisikachi took off from the carrier Hiryu, uh, flying escort for bombers before peeling off and attacking multiple targets with strafing runs around Pearl Harbor. I believe he also attacked. Uh, uh, Pearl City and uh, uh, was it Aiea uh, before his, a- his attack uh, was called off and, but he wasn't hit with anything like his attack went off without a hitch mostly because that's how surprise attacks work um, and the seven planes that he flew off uh, he flew into Oahu with turned around and flew, started flying back to the carrier to rearm and refuel none of them had been shot down Wow, uh, way to go guys um, yeah while they were out there, they were ambushed by a wing of American P-36As, which is an incredibly outdated fighter plane uh, compared Garbage. to a, a, a compared to the Japanese Zero. Yeah. It was pretty much a suicide attack. So, like, props to those guys, I guess. Like, <laughs> uh, Nishikachi and the boys fought them off really without any problems, uh, but they did take some damage. Uh, he he was struck with a few bullets. His plane, I mean, if he was struck by a few bullets, he'd be fucked. Yeah, a few bullets um, and, uh, is still a lot. Yeah, uh, that, that's too many. Yeah. Shameful display. <laughs> um, at first, he didn't think that the damage was too bad, so they just kept flying back towards the carrier. Uh, and then when he glanced down at his uh, fuel levels, he realized that he was like losing fuel oh. at an alarming rate. I thought you were uh, going to say he, he glanced had- over and his wing was gone. <laughs> he's missing a leg yeah. oh god damn it uh but yeah he was losing a ton of fuel uh because it turns out he'd been shot around a dozen times all along the fuel tanks uh, nailed it small detail yeah small detail uh and he was quickly running out of fuel and realized he was not going to make it back to the carrier but that's okay the japanese imperial navy had him covered during the morning briefing uh, aboard the Hiryu, the pilots had been told that the crippled that any crippled aircraft or damaged aircraft, whichever, should attempt to make an emergency landing on the tiny island known as Nihau, which the Japanese intelligence uh, thought was completely uninhabited. Uh, way oh. to go, guys. It, it is not, nor has well, it ever been. <laughs> at least they fucking had a backup plan, like land here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least they went there. I assume that the the Japanese Imperial Navy was like, I don't know, turn on, crash to a building or something. <laughs> yeah. because, because to be fair, that happened a lot. Uh, 
like there was a, more than one uh, pilot that was like uh, the had their plane damaged during Pearl Harbor that just crashed into a hangar or something. Fuck. Uh, on, yeah. Uh, once the, the idea was that he could land his crashed ass plane somewhere on the island if he could land at all, um, and then the survivors would wait along the coast for the arrival of an Imperial I class submarine to pick them up on that was put on rescue duty. Uh-huh. Nisikachi made a quick calculation based on his rate of fuel consumption and reduced airspeed uh, caused by the engines that were now kind of on fire a little bit, which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, see, Nick, in case you didn't know, your engine should not be on fire if you're flying a plane. No, they um, should explode inside. Unless, yeah, uh, unless uh, you're on Spirit Airlines, in which case that is normal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he decided to try for Niha, which is about 130 miles away to the west. Uh, and thought he could at least he at least had a better chance of making the island and uh, it, rather than crashing into the ocean. Fuck which that. was also yeah. And, and remember at this point the aircraft carrier that he landed on is almost certainly further away than it had once been because they'd be you know pulling back away from Hawaii. Um, as he was doing this, another damage zero appeared. Uh, this one was trailing smoke, uh, but this one started following Nishikachi back towards the island. After a few minutes of flying, he and the other pilot were over the island, and they quickly discovered that the island was not deserted at all. What they like, see, like, whoop, way to go, Japanese intelligence! Random dudes. Well, like they saw like towns and stuff, and like roads. <laughs> oh, it makes sense. Like, uh, I'm sure that like large field full of sugar cane didn't just grow that way. Oh yes, the uh, natural uh, blacktop road. Uh, uh, yes, nat- one of nature's uh, like most brilliant things, a plantation. Yeah. <laughs> um, approaching the ground, he saw buildings dotting the landscape and people walking around at work. <laughs> because remember, they had no idea that their country was now at war. <laughs> and also, to be fair, the people on this uh, island were not Americans yet. This is like, Hawaii's not a state yet. So like... It, it, like there's a fair amount of people in Hawaii now that doesn't that like don't consider Hawaii to be a state uh, because you know it was illegally annexed. So like definitely didn't think of themselves as American then. For sure, dude. But they also had no idea that a giant carrier strike force had just attacked Oahu because like it's not like they they had like one radio on the whole island and, and, and they were all at work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, they were as they're approaching the ground. He realized that like he really had nowhere to land, uh, so they like circle back around. Uh, the other zero, however, uh, the pilot glanced over at Nishikachi, gave him a thumbs down, and crashed into the ocean. What? <laughs> yep. I, I wish I had like the sand, tr- the sad trompones for that. Like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> dude. <laughs> I need to get a soundboard. That's a lot of fucking commitment to go, you know what? I'll just take my chances with the ocean. Yeah, like, they... I understand that the the Japanese were... uh, The common Japanese pilot is probably as, you know, brainwashed into thinking Americans were going to, like, kill and consume them or whatever. Were they not brainwashed into thinking that the ocean would beat their ass? I think he would just rather die than get captured. Uh, so like if if he crash landed on Nihau, he's like he probably thought like oh god these people are gonna capture me and I'm gonna be tortured when in reality like those people are probably just like hey look planes yeah <laughs> like, like they don't know what's like, going on I never saw those kind before yeah they have no idea what's going on 
but Nishikachi finally found a relatively level, uncluttered stretch of pasture near an isolated house. So he eased the zero into a shallow approach to glide and braced himself for a hard landing. Which actually was a giant fucking crash because he apparently sucked at emergency landings. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't practice emergency landings. The uh, the Zero's wheels struck a wire fence and the plane's nose crashed first. Um, he hit so hard that his safety harness tore loose and he slammed against the instrument panel, <laughs> busting his face wide open. <laughs> no, that would happen to us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised you didn't get like just catapulted out and like land <laughs> the head first, sticking out the dirt like Wiley e. Coyote yeah. or something. Um, the entire thing was witnessed by nearby villagers who immediately rushed to the scene to help. Because remember, they have no idea they're at war, and this guy immediately thinks that they're all enemies. One of the first people uh, to 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 meet Nishikachi was Howard Kalilano. Uh Sorry, Kiliohano. Uh, that that's the right way to say that. Howard Kiliohano. So he was one of the few locals who was fluent in English on the island uh, because there's a large Japanese population. Also, the Hawaiians simply spoke Hawaiian. So like, yeah, um, he was fluent in English. So he pulled the man out of the down plane, saw the man had a gun on him. That didn't really concern him too much. Right. But he did take the gun away because like the guy was just kind of shit rocked. And like when someone like gets knocked unconscious, you want to take their weapon away from them. In case they wake up and see everybody around them as the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't think it was a good idea for a guy to be hate. Like, your head is pretty scrambled after a goddamn plane crash. Maybe you shouldn't have a sidearm. But he also saw some, like, papers and maps that were um, in the cockpit. Probably thought that they were important. Like, he's like, oh, he'll probably want these when he wakes up. So he took them and, and uh, like, put them in his pocket or whatever. He did not leave them in the plane. Now, um, Nishikachi had a very rough grasp on English, but he was able to ask Kili Ohano if he was Japanese, to which he told him, no, I'm Hawaiian. Um, he then brought Nishikachi to his home, uh, and Kili Ohano's wife made him breakfast. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That's a good deal so far. See, the dude that landed in the yeah. ocean? Stupid. He could have had breakfast. Yeah. Real dumb motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, like, welcome to the... This island is friend-shaped. <laughs> Um, now it quickly became obvious that the two people weren't going to be able to talk to one another due to the uh, language barrier. So Kiliohana went and grabbed a local Japanese guy, Ishimachu Shintani, uh, who was happened to be the beekeeper, but he spoke uh, fluent Japanese. Huh. Uh, this kind of pissed uh, Shintani off, who was not an American citizen uh, because he was uh, born in Japan, but he lived in the U.S. for forty years, and all of his kids had been born and raised there. But he was a little bit worried. Like, he realized some sideways shit was going on. He's like, you know what? The last thing I need is, like, the feds on my ass because I'm not a citizen. So, I'm outie. Uh Good (laughs) instincts on him. Yeah. Solid move, really. Because he's like, I I don't want to do this. (laughs) Um, I don't want any part of this. Yeah. Uh, No, but Shintani did spoke to Nishikachi for a very short amount of time. Um, And according to Kili Ohano, who witnessed the whole thing but couldn't understand it, uh, Shintani's face like went pale like when when uh, Sh- when Nishikachi because Nishikachi was very open it's like yeah we just attacked fucking Pearl Harbor uh, <laughs> like he, he he had no reason to lie so he told Shintani everything which shocked him because he's like oh fuck we're at war yeah. uh, and I'm Japanese I definitely don't want to be here now uh, but he only translated a few unhelpful words to Kili Ohano because again he didn't want to get involved um, so he just like bailed out 
But he did not tell he did not tell Keely Ohano like, oh, this guy just attacked Pearl Harbor. He did the he old Homer Simpson through the bushes. <laughs> Probably. So Keely Ohano went off and found another Japanese guy uh, uh, from the Harada family to translate for him again. Nishikachi told the Haradas about the attack on Pearl Harbor and also demanded his sidearm and papers back. The Haradas didn't tell anybody and kept that little nugget of info for themselves. Meanwhile, Keely Ohano is just trying to be like the nicest guy on earth. Right. And he just keeps, he keeps, like he's apparently friends with the shadiest motherfuckers known to man. <laughs> like, nope, not going to tell you that one, bro. Uh, after this, still nobody knew that there was a war going on and the Haradas uh, were dicks and didn't tell anybody about what they, what they were told by uh, Nishikachi. Uh, so that's when you get a weird scene where the uh, Hawaiians threw their new guest a luau. Um, oh, because Hawaii, like, hospitality is, like, super important to Hawaiian culture. So, like, well, fuck it. Let's throw a party, bro. Uh, this included awesome. Nishikachi. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've witnessed this. Like, my neighbors have, like, delivered me beer and stuff when I was on quarantine and, like, talked to me through the windows to keep me company. Like, there's everybody's super friendly. Uh, and I could totally see something like this happening. Um, I mean, Grant, I'd probably be a little weirded out by a guy falling from the sky and being armed to the teeth and being from another country. Um, yeah, especially with, like, because battle damage. Yeah, like oh, those look like bullet holes. Weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like, I think someone pointed out that like Shintani kept his mouth shut because relations between the United States and Japan have been going bad for quite some time now. Uh, mostly based on like an uh, the U.S. banning oil exports to Japan due to their war in China. So like Shintani's like, uh, this looks bad. I want nothing to do with this. But like the Hawaiians didn't fucking know. Why, what do geopolitics have anything to do with, like, why, why do you care about them if you work on a plantation, right? Like, this right. doesn't affect me. Uh, well, it's about to, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but it turns out Nishikachi seemed to, like, really enjoy his new friends as well, because he uh, had a Hawaiian guy play I ukulele. Wouldn't. Yeah, like, he had a Hawaiian guy play ukulele, and then he sang Japanese songs along with everybody. Uh, Over the <laughs> and, and drank with them. Uh, it wasn't out yet. Damn it. Yeah, bro, uh, yeah, no, brother IZ had not quite uh, done his cover yet. <laughs> now, uh, if you're wondering, like, what about that Navy rescue submarine, right? It, it wasn't coming at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was not going to be rescued by a sub because the so, Navy had abandoned him to die. <laughs> so a, su- a submarine had been in the vicinity, but by 1.30 p.m. Hawaiian time, its commander had been ordered to sail towards Oahu. So, like, nobody was rescuing him. He was just left there. <laughs> what happened to his buddy that fucking went off into the ocean? Oh, he died. He's dead as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that night, the word of the attack on Pearl Harbor finally reached the island via radio broadcast. Fuck. <laughs> That's so an like, awkward man, situation. Dude, we threw you a party. That's <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. I am. I am sorry. I, I thought we were friends. No, that that's that's a way to get thrown out of the what, what right it, there, my man. Old, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Or is it Ooh, the old? Who would have known? The rice fell out of the bowl. Oh, I I think the the pig fell out of the luau. I'm not <laughs> sure. Like, imagine throwing a giant party for someone who was like kind of being standoffish, and then fighting out like. You probably killed my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
God. Uh, the, the island had no electrical grid or phone lines, and it was a that radio was a single battery power. Like it was powered by a single battery, and there was so linked to communication to the outside world. Like um, the battery was occasionally replaced, but like they went weeks at a time without a radio. So like, if fuck? that would have happened, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if that happened to be one of those times, like Nishikachi could just fucking stay there forever. Just I been guess. a fucking a local. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's actually going to fucking run for like state house or something soon probably. <laughs> and still um, nobody knows. Yeah. Weird. He says he's part of the Imperial Japanese Navy party. That's strange. Um Now that that one little bit of communication finally told the uh the Hawaiians and the locals what exactly had happened. They decided to question the pilot again, but weren't exactly sure what to do. So they just put him uh, up at the like for the night at the house of the guy who had hosted the luau, and the Harada brothers stayed with him, uh, with the excuse of, "Well, if he if you need to talk to him, we can translate." Uh, but in reality, they were just like shooting the shit. Nice. Now the next day, Nishikachi was taken via tractor uh, to Kai Landing, which is uh, a no- the northern tip of the island. Uh, so what, what they were trying to do is ro- the Robinson family patriarch of the day would occasionally stop by the island and, and it was like a weekly inspection and he was due to arrive December 8th for that. So they're like going to pawn him off on their boss. Like, look, man, you fucking figure this out. Uh, but there's a problem. Uh, Robinson was not coming because unbeknownst to everybody on the island, a newly imposed wartime restriction on intra island travel, uh, had, Suspended all non-essential inter-island traffic. Oh, wow. Whoopsie doodle. Boss yeah. isn't coming. Yep. While waiting for the boat to show up that was not coming, Harada and Nishikachi started shooting the shit. Nishikachi could tell that the Harada's loyalty were questionable and pressed them on the issue. He told them about how just how much damage they had done to the American Navy at Pearl Harbor and how it was only a matter of time before Japan invaded Hawaii and won the war. So, like... It pretty much boiled down to you know what you want to be on the winning side, don't you? Like, right. might as well throw throw your lot in with me, bro. I bet you he's that also worked. asking that actually so worked. When's the next party too? I can go have these on a half keg. <laughs> you know he had like fucking uh, skip out of that too. Like, bro, I thought we were going to have these on a pony keg. He just shows up with like a six pack. Like, whoa, this is all I got. <laughs> he shows up with like a fucking the the. uh the you know how the liquor stores all sometimes got the individual cans. Yeah, showed up. It shows up with, with, that. A, with yeah. a can. <laughs> hey, we can all. Sorry, share, they don't dude. take yen on the island. Yeah, but like that conversation was enough to win over the Harada family over to his side. Really? Um, yeah, which is like not great. Like, <laughs> like it, the conversation's like, come on. <laughs> you saw that sick thing I just landed in. You have you saw that sweet gun that he just took. Yeah, like I don't know, man. You say we're gonna win the war, but you're the only Japanese fighter pilot I have seen <laughs> in a long time. You think that they're like the Navy would be coming, uh, but yeah. Uh, now on December 11th, Nishikachi was still being treated as a guest, but everybody was kind of tired of having him around because they realized, like, <laughs> yeah, this guy's the enemy. Uh, <laughs> it's like when, when your friend's like, yeah, can I sleep on your couch? It'll only be for like a day or two, like. Nishikaji, it's been a month, man. You got you, you really gotta put it start putting out job feelers or something. Yeah, you think you could help us out on the plantation? Uh not feeling it today. <laughs> you know, that plane really, crash. 
I really think, uh, you know, if I just get my novel published, I'll get back on my feet. <laughs> Which now he lives in a shack. I'm not writing it. <laughs> Yeah, now he like me lives on a beach, uh, beach shack. So yeah. that's that's actually how that happened. I'm also a Japanese Imperial Navy fighter pilot. Um, so the uh, the Haradas were watching Nishikachi at their house and invited Shintani over to see if he was on their side or not. And it turned out that he was. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And the next day, Shintani confronted Kiliohano and demanded the fighter pilot's belongings back. He, he offered them the princely bribe of $200 to sweeten the deal. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Kiliohano re- refused. Oh, yeah, wow. maybe. That's yeah, Kiliohano refused. It's probably a fair amount of money for someone who works on a plantation on a privately owned fucking island. I have a job. I will take $200 without <laughs> a doubt. Yeah, uh, new Patreon level. If you donate $200 to our Patreon, we will in fact aid the Imperial Japanese Navy in their attack on Pearl Harbor. I'm pretty oh. sure I'm getting deported out of Hawaii. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that. That was, uh, yeah, the princely sum of two. I don't know how many yen that is. We'll take it in yen too. That's fine. I think it's uh, that's, that's where we're going to be spending it. Two thousand yen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it sounds a lot better that way. Maybe yeah, Kiliohano refused, um, and he literally physically chucked Shintani out of his house because, like, Shintani was getting in his face. And Kiliohano is a big fucking guy. Yeah, he's a uh, fucking Hawaiian. He's a Hawaiian plantation worker. The, this dude probably has fucking bear mitts for hands. <laughs> <laughs> that dude wrestles fucking wild hogs. Uh, probably. Um. So, like, yeah, Shintani's, like, getting in his face, so Kiliohano just, like, grabs him. Like, I, I assume it's, like, out of a fucking sitcom and just, like, by, the, like, the seat of his pants, he's like, yeet! And just, like, chucks him out <laughs> of, his, of his house. <laughs> Uh, after like, sh- but Shintani, like after he got chucked out, realized like he's not going to confront Kiliohano anymore. Um, and, uh, the Haradas realized that he was a fucking pushover and then they weren't friends anymore. Jeez. <laughs> and one fell <laughs> swoop, yeah. you just lose your friends. Imagine being such a fuck up. You don't get invited over to the trees and hangouts anymore. Damn it. But they did manage to steal a shotgun that someone kept in their house for, uh, like hunting pigs. And, and a pistol from one of the Robinson's homes that, that he, like, just left there. They, like, broke into his house. Like, the rich white guy probably has guns. And they were right. Uh, <laughs> hmm. The rich white plantation owner probably has firearms. <laughs> yeah. Everybody ever. <laughs> uh, and then they had they hid them in the local honey warehouse. Uh, which is ironic because Shintani was the beekeeper that they weren't cool with anymore. Yeah, it's like the, the, if- the last place I'd want to hide it. I mean, maybe you can weaponize the bees like fucking uh, Bioshock. Oh, dude. Could you imagine that? Yeah, imagine if if Nishikachi could like harness the power of bees. I mean, he still would have lost, but like it would have been way cooler. Yeah, and that attack would have been but, super like, annoying. More than anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to kill you even harder for this. Spoiler alert. Motherfucker gets killed. But we'll, <laughs> <Holy fuck. laughs> but we'll get there. It's not by bees. It's actually even better. Actually... I'm not sure if it's better than bees. We'll let you decide that. Uh, but by this point, uh, the the Hawaiians uh, were, were pretty much over Nishikachi shit and put him under guard by four unarmed people. Uh, but nobody, like, he wasn't showing, he wasn't trying to escape. He wasn't trying to, like, hurt anybody. Uh, so, like, the guard was pretty relaxed. Um, so, like, most of the time, there's only, like, one guy there. Uh, sometimes two. But, like, his, his guard was pretty lax. You know, just chilling. Fall- 
Uh, and like when everyone's following, like when he went out to the bathroom, like they wouldn't even follow him, and they had to go, he had to like go out back to use an outhouse. Uh, but he used the he asked to use the outhouse, and uh, for some reason that nobody rose any questions, like Harada went with him and one of the guards. So like weird. I don't think he needs a translator to take a shit. But like, how bad is this guard? <laughs> He's like the friendliest guard on earth. Like, oh, you want to go with your buddy to poop? All right, bud, let's do it. That's fine. Sounds the most good agreeable to me. POW, yeah, it's the most agreeable POW guard known to man. You, but in you, reality, it was, huh? it was just a fucking knife? civilian. Huh. All <laughs> What's right. that? You want a gun? <laughs> all right, I'll get now, one, but where, all right. Here's where the guard goes from being like the friendliest guy on earth to being like a dumb NPC from a bad uh, action game. Because once outside, Harada's like, I have to attend something in the warehouse. And like Nishikachi went with him and the guard's like, Okay, and just follow it after them. <laughs> you think he took a fucking, like, a slash wound, and he was like, how's it going? You still need to go there? <laughs> it just says, it keeps saying the same line over and over again. Yeah, like uh, a really now, bad Skyrim fucking NPC. <laughs> I used to be a fighter pilot like you until I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> uh, so after he leads him to the uh, warehouse, uh, Nit n- they all go inside for reasons that are, again, completely unknown as to why the guard was dispatched at his job. Um, <laughs> and they retrieve the weapons and then lock the guard inside. So, I mean, I guess give him points for not just shooting him. Do you think the guard was uh, just like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll just hang out in here. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fine with me. A lot of honey in here. I like honey. Where are you guys going? Uh, but just as they thought they were going to be smooth, the guard's wife showed up who was driving a horse drawn wagon. Uh, so they like stole it. They horse jacked her. I, I, that sounds dirty, but like they carjacked her, they carjacked her horse driven cart. Uh, and then they forced her at gunpoint to drive them towards Keely Ohano's house. Huh? At that point they discovered Keely Ohano was not home. Um, the so the pilot and Harada made a quick trip to the nearby down plane, which is now guarded by a 16 year old boy. Uh, for some reason, uh, Nishikachi attempted to get the radio, but which, by the way, the guard did nothing. He's just like, "Oh, you want the plane? Okay." Because <laughs> like he's 16. Um, Nishikachi tried to get the radio to work for some reason, uh, which seems to me is like something he would have tried like after he crashed. But whatever. I guess he was knocked out, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, he tried to use the radio, which, like, surprise, surprise, didn't fucking work. So he gave up. Uh, they then forced uh, the young guard at gunpoint back to Kiliohana's house. So they now have, like, a small horde of, ca- of, of like, captives with them. Huh. Um, th- that is when Kiliohana appeared. He wasn't missing. Uh, the entire time this had been going on, he had been in, the, in his outhouse taking a dump. <laughs> oh, it was one so of the good walked- ones. <laughs> he he walked out like you know they weren't quiet when they went to this house the first time like people screaming in Japanese as he's in there taking a dump he's like oh, I'm sure that's nothing that needs me this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but like he stepped out right into armed men he's like oh god damn it hit <laughs> a man shit in peace <laughs> uh, Harada took a shot at him and missed so Kilihano took off running Fucking. into the bushes <laughs> Dumbass! <laughs> fucking suck. He had to be like two feet away. Uh, Kili Ohano got to the main village area and warned everybody, uh, like something was going on, which meant like all the people like immediately took off into the woods. 
which is like what they normally would have done. Like if they're in danger, scatter out into the woods. He then grabbed a horse and rode it to the northern tip of the island to let a signal fire to the alert the authorities of trouble. I'm going to assume Gosh, they did not have a specific fire in case of Japanese infiltration. Could you imagine if they did? Quick, light the treason fire! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's when Keely Ohano decided that this isn't something that should depend on the fire. Like, this is something that needs immediate intervention, right? Well, it turns out Immediate doesn't mean a whole lot when you're in a remote island because the only thing he could do is jump into a fucking life raft and paddle across the open ocean to the nearest island, which took him 10 fucking hours. Fuck that. That dude's arms have to be the size of fucking tree trunks, man. He's like paddling against wind and surf for 10 hours. Yeah, no, dude. Whenever I sw- be a swam no in the me, ocean, dog. yeah. I, whenever I sw- swam in the ocean, I went like halfway across the pier, and then I try to get back. I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait, it's a ten hour trip to get help. Fuck, I guess I'm swearing allegiance to the emperor now. Yeah. <laughs> Once there, Keely Ohana was able to call Robinson on a nearby phone, who what? was then able to, con- yeah, uh, who was then able to convince the military to launch a rescue party under Nihau. How? Uh, but well. <laughs> Like, there's a fucking Japanese fighter pilot holding people at gunpoint on this island. Oh, like, dude, I oh, could snap. imagine the American army at that time. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, that would be... Uh, they would not show up until long after everything was over, and this is why. <laughs> uh, it, it turns out Nishikachi's about to get some fucking Hawaiian justice. <laughs> well, all this was happening, uh, the guard that Harada at Nishikachi locked in the warehouse broke free and ran into town. Um, to warn people that had not run that there's they have fucking guns run um, or maybe they didn't believe Keely Ohano's the fucking British are coming minute or whatever but like finally pretty much everybody ran now uh, I imagine which he meant- showed up and everybody's already running he tries to tell him he's like hey you're late he's already started shooting <laughs> uh, Nishikachi and Harada recaptured him as he's walking through town um, and then they held Fuck him at the gun. Luck, the luck on him. <laughs> yeah, this guy's luck fucking blows. Um, Harada recaptured him and walked him through town at gunpoint uh, and forced him to scream for everybody to come out of hiding, which they didn't. But uh, one guy did. Uh, a guy named Kahakila Kalima, um, who came he came out of hiding to see what was going on. Like, hey, maybe my buddy needs help. Yeah, he was captured too. Do you think that they locked him in the same spot <laughs> where he escaped from? Back to the honey warehouse with you. <laughs> uh, they returned to the down plane and took the machine guns and ammo off of it, what? mounted it on the horse-drawn wagon, and then returned to town and began wildly spring automatic weapons fire at all the houses and into Holy the air. Holy shit. <laughs> the whole time they were demanding that Keely Ohano surrender, despite the fact he was gone. I think this is like the Harada just had a personal beef with Kiliohano. It has to be. Yeah, you kicked him out of your place, dude. Uh, they then broke into Kiliohano's house looking for Nishikachi's papers, found nothing, so they burnt down his house in anger. Fuck. Furious, Nishikachi said that if uh, Kiliohano did not show up with his papers, and soon he would start shooting people, which, to be fair at this point, has not happened, and it was not from a lack of trying. Uh... Remember, well, I mean, the first person to actually fire anything at anybody was fucking with the Haradas. 
Not, like, even Nishikachi's like, damn, dude, too far. Yeah, dude. Through all this, um, the uh, through all this, the Hawaiians were welcoming and kind of uh, like passive, hoping that like this guy would just kind of go away. But this threat finally made them decide that Nishikachi had been fucking around and he was about to find out. What do you do? Speaking, so um, this is when they realize, like, wait, Nishikachi doesn't actually understand what most of us are saying. So, like, we can openly plot right in front of them, uh, and nobody would have. Any idea what was going on. So that's when a guy named Ben Kanahale uh, spoke in Hawaiian to Harada, said that, like, hey, you need to take the gun away from him or people are going to fucking die. Um, so that's when apparently Harada decided if he couldn't kill uh, Kili Ohano, he didn't want anything to do with it anymore because he asked uh, Nishikachi for the shotgun uh, with the idea, like, I'm going to use it to shoot people. And the pilot gave it to him. He's like, well, huh. yeah, he's my buddy. That's a lot After of that, trust. Kana- yeah, I mean, at this, why wouldn't he? At this point, he's already fucking alienated himself from the entire island. I mean, why wouldn't you, like, trust him, I guess? I don't know. And maybe everybody involved is just really dumb. I'm going to go with Probably. that, too. <laughs> After that, Kanaheli and his wife attacked Nishikachi. Jesus. Uh, but Nishikachi still had a pistol and managed to draw and shoot Ben Kanaheli three times in the chest, groin, and hip. Oh. Um. Small problem, though. Japanese pistols during World War II were known for being giant pieces of shit. And Kanaheli was the biggest, strongest dude on the fucking island. Oh, you just pissed him off. <laughs> yeah. He got peppered with uh, gunshot wounds, and he didn't even slow down. Could or, you imagine actually, that? <laughs> or to quote Ben Kanaheli himself, quote, And then I got mad. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a fucking Hulk. He's just... Get dude, fucking this is a minor, tackled by this guy. <laughs> this is a fucking minor disagreement till he shot me. Then I was mad. <laughs> so he picked he picked Nishikachi up over his head and spiked him into a wall head first. Oh god! <laughs> and then Kanaheli's wife grabbed a rock and began beating his skull and just, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just repeatedly braining him over and over and over again till he stopped moving. And then if because you could never make be you too stupid, sure, I will. <laughs> and then because you could never be too sure if someone's dead when their skulls smashed a fucking ether, Ben drew a knife out and cut Nishikachi's throat so deeply he nearly decapitated him. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Almost had me in the first quarter, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna happen. Yeah, you know your your offense was pretty good in the second in the first half, but. Uh, Second half was all mine. Yeah. You you might have all those firearms, but we have been. <laughs> <laughs> have you met this horse of a man? <laughs> yeah. It was about then that Harada realized that he had well and truly fucked up. Seeing that he had ca- cast his lot in with the wrong side, he upended his shotgun and shot himself in the stomach. Really? <laughs> Just the stomach? Which has to be like... Yeah, he like gutted him. Like it's the most American way to commit seppuku. Because <laughs> yeah. AR-15s really had not been is. invented yet. So true. It's fucking outstanding. Also, like the whole point of this was like there was like a conversation before uh, the Haradas and uh, and Nishikachi went into town with all the guns, and that was like Nishikachi realized that he was fucked, and like the Americans were definitely going to come and capture him. 
So like he's like, I need a soldier's way to kill myself, and I will kill myself by like in in battle and by like riding into town this horse drawn wagon with a fucking machine gun on top, like some kind of Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> and I don't think he saw himself getting brained to death uh, by a Hawaiian woman. Uh, no, but God, like, no. and then getting his fucking throat sawn in half. But he, like, he he, he, he definitely he got pictured what he it. He definitely pictured something else. Like, like you know how yeah. have you ever pictured something happening like totally awesome or fucking cool, and it just turns out like does a whole one eighty on you? It's exactly like what like every last stand in history. Everybody thinks like, yeah, they they held them off for twenty minutes, and then you know they. They got slowly wounded and died heroes, but in reality, like they died in 15 seconds because getting shot in the chest <laughs> fucking kills you. And it's not like the movies. Um, he he saw himself like leading a goddamn cavalry charge into Nihau uh, village at, and like hosing down Hawaiians until someone shot him or or beat him to death or whatever. And instead, he's got fucking brained with a rock. That has to be like the most anticlimactic charge in, in human history. Uh, oh. But so af- after this whole thing happened, there would be some fallout. Um, ben kind of had recovered. F- he recovered from his wounds um, pretty quickly, and he was honored by the president for his actions with a medal of merit and a purple heart, which is what? weird because he was not in the military, but right? whatever. Cool. He-, he fucking deserved it. But you would think that, you know, the, the U.S. would be like, oh, yeah, good job. Pat on the back. There you go. They actually gave him I mean, more than what I thought they would ever give him. It is shocking that they honor the Hawaiians at all, right? Uh, because they're because the U.S. does not have a, a great relationship uh, giving credit to brown people. <laughs> uh, Keely Ohana was awarded the Medal of Freedom, and the government reimbursed him for his house that burnt down. <laughs> nice. Unfortunately, Ben's wife, Ella, never received any official recognition for her almighty stoning, which she absolutely fucking should have. That's you think she was in the back, like, hey. I did something too, and they're like, "Ah, yeah, we got you this painted rock." It's like from the border <laughs> I mean, that, w- that would be pretty baller. Like, just like give her a fucking like a coin, but in the shape of the rock that she used to brain this dude to death with. Yeah. And like now she's in charge of like the unarmed combatives for the military to just her swinging a rock downwards over and over again. Um. So, while the story is fucking hilarious and talking about enemy pilots being brained by a whole bunch of villagers is great. The story does have an unfortunate downside. God right? damn it. Every time. Yeah, every so, time I fuck Sorry. That's unfortunate. The U.S. lost the war? Yeah, and that's actually why I'm broadcasting from the uh, greater East Asia fucking uh, co-conspiracy the- sphere, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I can't remember. Um, now, um... There's a great chance that the account that we just talked about in this episode is one of the primary pieces of evidence used by FDR's administration to facilitate a massive system of concentration camps that was used to imprison around 120,000 people of Japanese ancestry, around which which 66,000 were American citizens at the time of their imprisonment. Um, Naval Intelligence Officer Irving Mayfield wrote in his report on the incident, Quote, the fact that two Nihau Japanese who had previously shown no anti-American tendencies went to the aid of the pilot indicates likelihood that Japanese residents previously believed to be loyal to the United States may aid Japan. God damn it. 
Okay, so I do have to point out that this is definitely not the only reason. Well, I, I'm not going to use the word reason. I feel like that's not, that's not a good word usage. It's not the only thing uh, that led the administration to implement Executive Order 9066. Um, but it is one of many. Um, and it's the only direct aid that happened right. um, that, that most people can point to. There was like some suspicions of spying um, like uh, before Pearl Harbor, um, which some of it's true and some of it's not right, um, right. because their spies were uh, rudimentary successful at best. Like because the Japanese wanted to attack Pearl Harbor when the carriers were there and they missed them by a fucking mile. Oh yeah. So like if, if they had like an, an intricate spy network, probably wouldn't have fucking missed that. Um, I imagine one of the reasonings that was kind of put on the paper, but then they took it off. FDR's just saying, look at their eyes, their eyes. I can't trust them. They don't speak English. Go back to where you came from. It's pretty much every fucking person over the age of 50s Facebook post into a government oh, fucking program. Um, and I did not use the word internment camps. They were de- by definition concentration camps. If you want to argue with me about that, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not going to do that. Um, by definition, a concentration camp is a prison camp to concentrate a certain group of people. There's a difference between a concentration camp and a death camp. We're not going to have this conversation again. But thousands, or I think it was like at least a thousand people died in the camps from various diseases um, because a lot of the camps were got bitterly cold in the winter. Disease spread rapidly. Um, wasn't great. Um, yeah. It was horrible, horrible crime. One of the worst I, ones. In, I visited in one in, uh, when I was uh, before I got in the army. They were awful. Yeah, they're not great. They were just literally uh, wooden shacks. Yeah, That's and it. like not insulated. They weren't allowed to take anything with them. Armed so like, guards. Yeah. Um, they they were given like shitty rancid food. Uh, like disease spread rampantly due to like not caring. Um, so like it, it's all bad, man. It's like it's all absolute garbage. But. You're probably wondering what happened to the other people who managed to survive um, after this uh, that were kind of sort of on the side of Nishikachi. One of those being Irene Harada, um, the the wife of the guy who gutted himself with the shotgun. Uh, So uh, actually, I do have to point out something here. Japanese Americans in Hawaii were not interned at a very high rate in comparison to Washington or California, Um, which doesn't make a lot of sense like i mean i'm not going to argue with the rationality of racism by any means um but like it was very obviously it was like racist it was just a racist ass program because like the main reason that they didn't enter a ton of japanese in hawaii uh is because they needed them for like the workforce so like but you're near like a, a rather large naval facility in in pearl harbor uh, that just got attacked, but no, no, we we can't throw these guys in the concentration camps, right? Uh, because we need them. Like, okay, so why are you throwing anybody in the camps? Like, this is literally the place that they got attacked. If you can't rationalize it there, your program is a pointless fucking racist pogrom. Like, that's all it is. God, yeah, I didn't but know that. Anyway, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, and I'm uh, like, you, you can't argue like you you can't try to find rationality in racism. It's it's. It's the way no, it is, but no. 
And, and, you know, and calling out someone's like horrible racist policy for being like hypocritical is really dumb and pointless. And I know it is, but I like to do that to show how absurd the whole thing is. Um, but Irene Harada, the wife of the, 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 the shotgun Harada was arrested. Shotgun Harada. Uh, it, uh, and she was held for three years, but never actually convicted or charged with anything before being released. You might also know that it's being incredibly illegal uh, because that's not how due process works. <laughs> God. Shintani was sent to an internment camp, uh, which, like, it still sucks. Don't send your political enemies to concentration camps. Like, charge him with treason and throw him in prison. Uh, but they didn't do that. He was never charged with anything. Uh, and afterwards, probably the weirdest part is after they were released, they all went back to the island. Really? The same fucking island. Like, imagine how awkward that has to be with everybody. Like, oh, don't, <laughs> don't hang out with them. That family has a bad name after them. Yeah, and apparently when uh, Irene went back, she was, like, like very short-tempered and shitty with everybody. Like, come on, man. Your fucking husband tried to kill us. Yeah. Like, no hard feelings, but, like, a lot of hard feelings, fucking Irene. It's kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. So, small side story here. Nishikachi's hometown of Hashihama, Japan. So their family never really heard whatever happened to him other than the fact that he disappeared during the Battle of Pearl Harbor. Uh, so they just assume that he died in combat. So the, there's a small monument built for him that states, quote, having expended every effort, he achieved the greatest honor of all by dying a soldier's death in battle. Oh. His, his, <laughs> his meritorious deeds will live forever. <laughs> I suppose being beaten to death, but with a rock by a pissed off Hawaiian woman certainly does count as a battle, but probably not the one that he expected. Uh, his, his family apparently learned um, what happened to him in like the seventies. Uh, they have not, mo- they have not changed the monument. <laughs> hey, we already shelled up this type of money into it. And we can't back out now. <laughs> Just tacking on a plaque under it. Like he died as he lived hitting himself in the face with a rock. <laughs> He started off good, too. Getting invited to parties. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the Nihau incident. I, and, uh, that's awesome. And, uh, and I just assume more evidence to the fact I will never be allowed on the island. No, dude. You just, your name alone fucks you over. You know, I'm just saying, maybe. Hear me out here. People shouldn't be able to own private islands uh, ever. Like, it's not great. Um, especially not a fief that he bought from a corrupt king. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's me. That's just how I feel. Um, and, you know, uh, so donate to the Patreon and we will invade Nihau Island. <laughs> um, and we will give it back to its rightful owners, the kingdom of Hawaii. But I'm hoping they um, understand that we're doing that and we don't get beaten by rocks. That's fair. Yeah. I, I really don't want to get, uh, I really don't want to get Nishikachi'd in the head. No, that's like, fuck it. So, Nick, we do a little thing on the show called Question from the Legion. Uh, this question, is, I, I, I think, is one that we've talked about before. Uh, not on the show, necessarily, just when we get drunk and realize that our entire country is collapsing around us on fire. Right, uh, right. Where, where would, if you could pick another country, where would you live? Ooh, in all honesty... I would have to go with France for some reason. I don't know why. It's either that Solid or choice. France or, for some reason, uh, I always wanted to live in Mexico. 
just for family reasons. Do you still have family in Mexico? Oh yeah, plenty. Okay, that that'd be an easy move then. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Those not so good ones probably have some business opportunities. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I don't know. Uh, maybe Iceland. Um, Ooh, now, good choice. Part, part of this reason is a cop out on my part. I'm bad with languages, and I was able to navigate Iceland 100 percent effectively, only speaking English. Nice. Um, uh, now, th- the signs were not in English, but that was fine because I could just ask someone, hey, what's that say? <laughs> <laughs> or, or where is that? Uh, and it worked out pretty good. Uh, I, I, or my, o- my other choice would probably be uh, Japan. I would say Japan if, one, I didn't get kicked out of a bunch of places. One, you tried not, not being a, a rather large tattooed gaijin. I tried with the sweater, but then they knew I was American. So they knew that was bad business. So they fucking kicked me out. Which, in their case, good on them. <laughs> like, they know me too well. Yes. <laughs> but it was also, I've been, I got lost in Japan at least three times that were really bad. One, I almost missed <laughs> curfew because I fucking got on the wrong train and ended up on the wrong side of Japan. That's a bad, that's a problem. That is a horrible problem. And two, when I first got to Tokyo and I went up to the, probably the most random guy in the airport. And I said, um, excuse me, like trying to explain, like, where is this? Like on the ticket. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey man, yeah, I'm from Seattle. I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> and I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem for me. And I know like, uh, I would absolutely have to learn Japanese, which I know I could not do. Like the only way I could possibly do it is like, just go there and force myself to do it. Um, and that's the only way I've ever picked up any languages. Like I, I've, like I, Tried to learn um, German and like I took German in high school, bombed it. But like I learned not not like conversational German, but like enough German to get by when I was in Germany without even really trying. So like you you just exist in the bubble and you have no choice, so you pick it up. Um, But yeah, I I think that's what I would pick. I know a lot of people probably expecting me to say Armenia, and. I don't know why I didn't pick that. Like, it's so easy for me to get Armenian citizenship. Like, I just have to prove that my family is from Armenia. Uh, I just and, thought you had to go look at my nose. You know, look at me. Who else looks like this? I um, shaved an hour ago. <laughs> Sir, you have a full beard. I am aware. <laughs> yeah. Trust uh, me. Mexicans like, look at Armenians with all the hair and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. We thought we had sweaters uh, for legs. The only thing we're good at is drinking and growing hair. It's uh, <laughs> like our whole culture. So, Nick, thank you for joining me on this journey into Niihau Island, the island that we will soon be landing on the beaches of. <laughs> um, it's going to be like that fucking silver, silver corp fucking coup in Venezuela. Oh, we're just going to get owned by some fishermen. <laughs> With just rocks. Where are your nets? Why do you have rocks? We knew you were coming. <laughs> oh, God damn it. We've been trading for this moment ever, ever since the Japanese guy showed up. Oh, fuck. Uh, so I- until next time, um, I-, I guess don't crash land on the Island. <laughs> no, don't.